2: This is Brian Lohman. On behalf of the Lohman Ray Insurance Group, welcome to this edition of High School Prep Football Confidential.
3: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the final Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. That's some it's a sad good, news. But it's great news because That's you know point. what? we got teams to talk about. Yet. That's right. How about that? I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News at News Gazette. Alongside Colin Lykus, who can, for one more show, quarterback the way.
4: That's right. Uh, give me a little more time until we uh, until we transition to basketball. We got
3: one more week of football mm-hmm. to talk about here. Evan Con, Tamara McDaniel. Feeling better, Tamara is. Yes, it's good to know. Thank goodness. Just in time for a Tent City. Yeah, right. Anybody driving by the stadium today knows it's state finals weekend. Uh, the tents going up, the. Going to lead the News Gazette tomorrow with a picture of the goalposts getting changed. Excellent. right? So if you're high school, yeah, kind of got a little wider. A little side. wider.
4: The, the the poles don't extend up to the the heavens <laughs> as much, although mm-hmm. technically they they still do. They just yeah, they aren't as tall.
3: Beehive of activity. We have a story online right now saying Monticello sold its allotment of a thousand tickets crazy. in three hours. Not
4: not surprising to me, but that's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I want to ask uh, one of our guests tonight mm-hmm. uh, from Monticello about that, uh, about just how crazy that is, and how, how much uh, did it did that article by Anthony Zillis say how much they sold as far as apparel goes?
3: Four hundred items. Wow,
4: that's crazy <laughs> in three
3: hours. You think the Downs fired up about getting I the state for the first they time? they are. It was riveting. Your coverage was riveting uh, fr- Saturday, but I will tell you Anthony post oh, yeah. postgame video scared me because when the game was over, uh, the fans rushed the field yeah, in Anthony a menacing I, way. Yeah,
4: Anthony and I st- were standing in the middle of the, the hit zone. We were, we were kind of <laughs> uh, just, uh, yeah, we were in a bad spot, but they didn't run us uh, over.
3: That's great, man. Great to see Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, our number one team throughout the year came yep. through as well. So they'll both be playing Friday afternoon at what is now going to be a more crowded memorial state oh yeah
4: it's going to be uh, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere we'll have back-to-back area games as we did last year last year it was 1a 2a this year it's going to be 2a 3a so got the the middle of the day games and uh, yeah it's going to be a lot of fun
3: all right as colin has done all fall long and i hope uh, the listening audience appreciates this he has tracked down just a number of guests for tonight our farewell show, eight interviews, uh, both oh, yeah. from Monticello and Gibson City, getting ready for a big, fantastic even a,
4: Friday. Yeah, a couple more even from from tied to Gibson City and Monticello, who aren't necessarily from there. We got the opposing coaches even, uh, because they had the IHSa. Uh, conference calls for all of the coaches across all eight mm-hmm. classes this morning. So okay. 16 different coaches from about 8.30 in the morning until 1.30 in the afternoon, I think. I was not on the call for the entire time.
3: That's tough. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's tough for the people running the call, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, since we mentioned the 1A through 8A, I uh, might as well mention all of the state finals matchups coming up here. Uh, as a reminder, the Class 1A through 4A games are Friday. The Class 5A through 8A games are Saturday Let's break it down. Class 1A, it's Forreston against Camp Point Central. Uh, Forreston was a 2017 semifinalist. Camp Point Central knocked off Argena Oriana last week uh, to end the Bombers' previously undefeated season. Uh, class 2A, it's Gibson City Melvin Sibley against Maroa Forsyth. Over in 3A, it's Byron versus Monticello. Byron lost in the 2017 semifinals as well. Uh, class 4A, IC Catholic, a juggernaut against Bishop McNamara. IC Catholic is the defending state champion in Class 3A two times over. Now they're trying to do the deal in uh, Class 4A. Uh, over in 5A, it's Montini against Joliet Catholic. Uh, in Class 6A, you got Kerry Grove against Crete Monet. Uh, Crete Monet uh, back in the state title game after losing as a number one seed in the first round last year. So that's a nice bounce back for them. Uh, In Class 7A, you got Nazareth against St. Charles North. Nazareth was the Class 6A runner-up last year and got bumped up a class, so that's a nice test for them, and they're following through. And then in Class 8A, you got Brother Rice against Loyola. Loyola, the Class 8A runner-up last year. So a lot of teams very familiar to this scene. Didn't even mention GCMS, Murrow, Forsyth is a rematch of last year's 2A state title game. It's the exact same game and a lot of the same kids. So uh, we got eight... Fantastic games on tap this week.
3: Best thing about it, I picked up my News Gazette this morning. And on the back page of the A-section, there's a forecast. Yeah? Friday, s- mostly sunny.
4: Oh, excellent. Love
3: 47 it. degrees. That's football That's weather, That's beautiful. Colin.
4: You know, last year in the DeKalb, I went back and looked at a box score. Uh, during Gibson City's game, which started mm-hmm. around 1 o'clock, it was 62 degrees last year in DeKalb the day after Thanksgiving. There you go.
3: I, I try to impress you and you shoot me down. <laughs> yeah, I,
4: I was surprised by that because I didn't remember it being that warm that day. But <laughs> lo and behold, 47 is going to feel amazing, though, considering some of the temperatures we've had the last few weeks.
3: All right, we'll have Colin over there all day Friday, uh, a pair of photographers. Mm-hmm. Anthony Zill is going to do his video magic uh, with the sages again. Hope you had a chance to look at what he did on Saturday. Yeah. Neat, neat stuff.
4: Absolutely. Got to watch that. You have to. So... uh yeah, let's uh you wanna wanna hop into this? We've uh, got so many
3: people to talk to and we only have one hour. <laughs> yeah, so let's we gotta, get it going.
4: We gotta cram them in. Let's uh let's jump in. Let's uh, spend the first half hour talking about Monticello. Uh first guest today from the Sages, we are joined now by current Monticello player Cole Reedy. Cole, thanks so much for joining the show this week.
1: Thank you for having me.
4: Uh, of course. Well, uh, you are not playing right now, unfortunately, you personally, because you you suffered an injury at the beginning of the playoffs. But still, how exciting is it to be part of a state qualifying playoff team?
1: Um, It's pretty special to uh, um, see the town and how everyone reacted and having being our seventh time being in a semifinal and we finally uh, pulling out a win.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, what what was uh, the celebration like on the field? I mean, I was there, but I'm obviously not part of the team or the town. So, I mean, just what was that like? That, that kind of mob of fans and students and players.
1: Oh, it was uh it was great. Everyone coming together, the whole town being there, and everyone witnessing uh, um, the win. And a lot of us uh, being uh, left over from uh, the um, win, the loss from I C Catholic two years before, and it really was something special to get back to that moment finally making school history
4: right right well uh the reason you're not playing right now unfortunately because you suffered a knee injury against st joe in the first week of the playoffs but how have you not let that get you down and how have you continued to to kind of motivate your teammates and help out the team in any way you can right now
1: um i mean a sideline the sideline is a real important part of the um game plan for a um, team it really changes the flow and uh help the other team is uh acting um i know uh the quarterback from carlinville said that our um our sideline was doing a really good job making it loud and hard for him to hear and call plays and i know that's a big part and then another part is we like to run past ball and it's um who's if he's running or passing the ball so that the defense can react better mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Cole Reedy, Monticello football athlete, a big part of the defensive unit at linebacker prior to your injury, but uh, even in your absence, that unit continues to dominate opponents who previously had scored a lot of points. I mean, does it surprise you at all that even though, you know, you're down with an injury, and I'm sure some other guys are banged up, that the defense just keeps rolling along?
1: I mean, it's the next person up. Everyone has got to know what they're doing, and we try to keep uh, everyone close and tight so that uh just in case someone goes down, the next man just steps up and can take his spot.
4: Well, the next man up for you was uh, Nick Tackles, who some fans might know as the, the backup quarterback to Braden Snyder. But Nick has stepped into the linebacker role, and uh, Henry Dawson also helping out with some of the, the vocal aspects that, that you, Cole, were, were previously working on. But, I mean, talk to me about uh, how proud you've been of of Nick and what he's done stepping in for you.
1: Oh, Nick has done a great job. It's really just about keeping his eyes where they needed to be. He was just a natural coming into it. I mean, I just had to keep his eyes where they needed to be and then motivate him and just help him, like, see what he needed to see.
4: What have you, yeah, what have you been telling guys like Nick, guys like Henry, the other linebackers, uh, ever since your injury, going into these important must-win games?
1: Um, my number one thing is trust your eyes. If you trust your eyes, you're going to see where they're going, and you just got to react by then because if you think about it then you're just going to be hesitant
4: well uh you guys are headed making the short trip to memorial stadium uh for friday's state final game can you imagine what it's going to be like to to be on that turf field on friday afternoon
1: um it's not going to be as muddy that's for sure <laughs> but it's it'll be uh quite the experience finally yeah punching our ticket to the state final game because i know that everyone around here has really been looking forward to that and we'd get there
4: well i don't want to uh, get too far ahead of ourselves but can you also imagine what it will be like if the the boys in purple and gold come out with a victory on friday
1: it'll be uh very well needed i think in our town uh 100 years and we still have yet to be there and if, if we just get that far it'd be something very special to our town i think
4: Absolutely, Cole Reedy, Monticello football. Cole, thanks so much for being part of this show tonight, and uh, good luck this weekend.
1: All right, thank you.
3: Excellent stuff from Cole, as he he said it just right. These boys are going to be. remembered for a mm-hmm. long long time yes yeah, they're they're they lead, pull this thing off
4: yeah they're even if they even if they don't you mm-hmm. don't want to talk like that but right. even if they don't I mean uh, they'll still be legendary considering they're the first team to ever do this they that Monticello football has a long history it's not like the program started two years ago um uh, and they're the first ones to go to state.
3: All right, interesting uh, sight at the field today. The scoreboard <laughs> had a uh, a score on there. What it was had it? a
4: score. It did. Uh, I looked at the scoreboard, and I, I had to do a double take because I was thinking, you know, uh, I figured the time of day would be on there or something like that. No, it said 21-20, to 20, which uh, at the end of the fourth quarter, all the time off the clock, that was the score of the second-round playoff game Monticello lost to Byron last year. Uh, Byron, of course, the team Monticello is playing for a state championship tomorrow. Uh, if Monticello didn't have enough motivation mm-hmm. going in already, that probably is the last piece you need.
3: Very cool. I'll tell you what, we'll uh, ask Cully Walter about that mm-hmm. scoreboard, see how much it's going to help uh, when we come back from our first break.
2: Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk fourteen hundred WDWS and Light Rock ninety seven point five WHMS.
3: Usually we have five hours of football talk on a Monday, but the Lovey Smith Show is not going to happen tonight because Illinois basketball is out in
4: Hawaii. Yeah, that's right. We got some uh, key personalities out there. Brian Bardart, got uh, mm-hmm. or one of our technicians, Ed Bond. We got. Uh, all right, oh, Colin, my, you're,
3: you're going to have to stay up extra late tonight I to, am. to watch that Alana Gonzaga game.
4: Um, if it was Butler Gonzaga, I'd absolutely stay up late. Colin
3: Lykes is a Butler grad. How about that? We haven't we haven't spilled the beans on the show all year. Have we not? I all feel right, like
4: you, I, there's, I had to have said it at some point. You think? Uh, probably. Oh. Yeah,
3: Evan Khan says no. He, no, you haven't. He, <laughs> he actually didn't say anything.
4: Should, just to finish that that last point, though, you know who else in Hawaii right now? Who? Gene Honda.
3: Voice of the Chicago Blackhawks. There, now you're more up your alley, right? We're talking <laughs> hockey. Anyway, yes. we're talking high school football here <laughs> until 7 o'clock. Wish we had longer because we could go longer oh, of course. with two teams playing for state titles. but We can interview the entire team. You talked to the Byron coach today. What's up with that? I
4: did talk to the Byron coach. Yeah, I, uh, I got a few questions in during our IHSN conference call with Jeff Boyer. Uh, very nice guy. Had a, had a good, good, long, and thoughtful answer to every question that was th- sent his way. Uh, chatted with him about uh, his initial takeaways on Monticello, uh, the benefit of last year's win in the second round over the Sages, and uh, how Byron will contend with the Monticello defense.
2: They have a great football team, first of all, but you know their uh, their team speed on both sides of the ball is uh, is unbelievable. They can score from anywhere on the field at any time. Them different weapons, so we got to make sure that we uh, we cut down on the big plays from them as well. It's nice to be able to go back and watch film and see exactly how that game played out. But I know, you know, Coach Welter's doing the same thing and uh, developing his game plan throughout this week, probably based on what he saw last year against us as well. So it's good. we got a feel for, you know, what we're going to see against them. But there's certainly a lot to prepare for, and, and they're a great football team. A lot of the games I'm watching, you know, teams are having trouble getting to the edge on Monticello because uh, they're running things, you know, inside out. And uh, I know that's something that we've been able to do this year is is run around people. We're certainly going to try to do that, but you know I think we just we got to be physical up front and control the line of scrimmage to have a chance. That
4: was Jeff Boyer of uh, Byron. He's going to uh, take on Cully Welter in our. Uh... Well, not uh, not hand-to-hand combat, I guess, but uh, coach-to-coach combat in the state finals.
3: Cully wearing the shorts, of course.
4: Oh, yeah, I imagine he's going to have him on at Memorial Stadium. I'd be I'd be shocked if he didn't. You know, we can uh, we can ask him that when we have him on here in the in the next little bit.
3: Definite home field advantage for the Sages, though.
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean. Uh, I haven't tracked exactly how far Byron is from Memorial Stadium, but I know it's not closer than mm. Monticello, um, and considering the fact that Monticello fans are <laughs> probably clamoring for even more tickets than the allotment that was given to them at this point, they're, they're going to be climbing the walls to Memorial Stadium. That
3: would be illegal, so go through the ticket booth, but they do have <laughs> tickets on sale all day Friday, of course, <laughs> and it's the general admission tickets, so, and there will be room.
4: I, I, def- right. I definitely did not advocate climbing the wall. I was just saying <laughs> they might do that. They are are very excited about what's coming up
3: here those are some big walls too that's true
4: they are but uh, uh you know i'm sure somebody's climbed them at some point right sure 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 something like that well we uh we're uh let's move along here in our uh in our last prep football confidential of the 2018 season uh, glad to be joined now uh my third interview of the day with monticello coach <laughs> cully welter <laughs> cully thanks so much for being part of the show yeah
5: Good to talk to you again.
4: Yeah, I just I just keep running into you for some reason. It's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. certainly been an interesting day, but uh, trying to switch up the questions a little bit. Uh, but you guys right. uh, have right. broken through in your 10th season uh, with the program, went to the playoffs uh, the previous nine years as you did this year, but finally through to the state uh, championship game. I mean, what does it mean to this team and this community?
5: Yeah, I think um, the, it's, it seems to mean a lot. Uh, the community certainly uh, – rallied around us as they have all their sports and as they have in previous years as well. But uh, uh, I know there was a lot of talk this week about the fact that we'd been to six semifinals in our history and yet to get there. And so <clears throat> to, to make it, I know for them uh, was a, uh, was nice.
4: Well, uh, focusing on some of your players here that we're going to see on Friday, uh, Braden Snyder, the do-it-all quarterback, uh, eclipsed 3,000 yards for the season last week throwing the ball. I mean, did you see that being a possibility heading into the year? And can you just describe for us what Braden has meant to this offense?
5: Yeah, (laughs) it all depended on opportunities, obviously. The more games you play, the more opportunity he's going to have. to to reach that number but certainly I knew he was capable of doing that I knew he had uh, the receivers that would help him get there and and uh, to say what he means the offense I mean he really is the leader I know the quarterback generally is but uh, he's got to do a lot of things uh, get people lined up he's got to keep his composure he's got to read the defense he's got to know where everybody's going you know uh, he he is so much more comfortable this year than he was last year, and he was pretty good last year. So, yeah, he's uh, he's what makes us go.
4: Well, uh, you know, it's obviously not just about the quarterback, not even just about the skill players. The guys who never really get that much pub, the offensive linemen. I, when I watched them on Saturday, I mean, they kept uh, they made Braden's job easy. They gave him all day to throw the football. Uh, how proud have you been of the way those big men are playing up front?
5: Yeah, I got to give Coach Allen, our line coach, a lot of credit. Uh, that was the most experienced part of our team coming in the year. That was our major concern. We had really two, uh, returning players that saw significant time in the line. One was Riley Austin, the other was Brandon Burton, who we lost during Week 2. So we had to replace him right away. We had to move Jack Spence, who was seeing time as a fullback or an extra back. We had to move him to guard. Um, and then Briggs Fultz and Nick Lawson were new juniors. And Cody Winkie saw some time last year at center, but uh, it was a pretty inexperienced group, and Coach Allen's really done a nice job with them.
4: <clears throat> we're talking with uh, Monticello football coach Cully Welter ahead of the 3A championship game on Friday. Uh, I mean, it's a uh, Whenever we've talked to you or talked to any of the kids, you know, the discussion is always you guys don't have a ton of size, but you're a very fast program. That being said, I watched your kids put some heavy hits on some Carlinville players last Saturday. I mean, is there is there kind of a focus on the sideline for, you know, showing that, you know, it's even if there, there is some smaller size, you guys can still bring the power?
5: Yeah. We bristle at the notion that people look at our size and don't think we're physical. In fact, going into the quarterfinal week, that was sort of the rumor that we had heard from our, our opponent that they didn't think we were big or physical. And, uh, we took a, a little bit of front to that. And, uh, because we do feel like, um, you can still be physical, even if you're not big. And certainly, uh, we all know physics, you know, the faster you are, the, you know, <clears throat> the more impact you can bring. So, um, regardless of your size. So, i uh, size matters. I know when it comes to impact, but, uh, uh, but you know, you can still uh, make a big impact with when you have speed as well. So hopefully we, um, uh, uh we've shown an ability to do that.
4: Well, you guys are heading to Argena for a trio of practices, uh, coming up here, uh, adjusting to the turf field at Memorial stadium in a, in a nice way. Uh, just how important is that going to be for your kids?
5: Well, it's not, it was nice last week, just because we didn't have a, <clears throat> a really, a a field to to practice on with the weather the way it was last week and then uh, so to <clears throat> to be able to get some practices on a in a facility or at a facility that's going to do similar to what we see on Friday is it's certainly going to help us.
4: Well, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the uh, the the school sold out its allotment of one thousand tickets for the game uh, in a matter of hours earlier today. Sold uh, a bunch of merchandise for the state final. I mean, does that surprise you at all heading into this?
5: <clears throat> not really. Maybe as the speed for which uh, in which we sold out surprised <laughs> me a little bit. But no, I'm not surprised we sold out at all again. It's been uh, it's been uh, kind of a whirlwind here last last week.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, last question before I let you go, Cully. Uh, I think I know the answer to it, but I got to ask: Are you going to wear shorts on the sideline on Friday? <laughs>
5: yeah, it's supposed to be nice. It's supposed <laughs> to be in the 40s. <laughs> that's, that's no problem at all.
4: <laughs> Fantastic, Cully Walter, Monticello football. Thanks again for joining us, Cully, and uh, good luck on Friday.
5: Thanks for having
3: us, guys. Cully, a good guy, just for putting up with you three times in one day. <laughs> in one day, Cullen. he
4: is—he uh, has a ton of patience. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. He—he—he uh, he ri- he ribbed with me a little bit uh, before we—before uh, I got to talk to two of his kids earlier today, Braden Snyder mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Tackles, who we mentioned on this show. Said you couldn't—you couldn't find anyone better than those these two guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they're—they're they're pretty important guys, I think. But you know, he's just playing. Uh, yeah, Cully. Uh, Cully has that kind of dry sense of humor. But yeah, he's a trooper professional and uh, really really glad to be working with him in a state final for the first time
3: i see rick rides will uh, be uh, helping sponsor a, a tent yeah. a, a tent city over there on friday there should that be a festive sh- Yeah, game that should scene. be fun i
4: mean that with the game at four there's a ton of time for people to, to pile up there share for some sure. food and share stories about the season and just get ready to to watch what should be a really good football game
3: all right. We'll have a live report at newsgazette.com oh, yeah. all day Friday, so uh tag along there if you can't make it over to the stadium.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll uh we'll make sure that we uh we keep you covered and you know uh toward the end of the game, I I might have to uh slip away a little bit as we especially if things get na- down to the down to the wire, you know, last year thinking back to it. Uh, with uh, Tuscola playing and with Gibson City playing back-to-back, both of those games were decided in the closing seconds. You did not know who was going to win those games until the end. And I'm standing on the field trying to get ready to shoot video of one of these teams celebrating or crying or whatever they're going to be doing and can't really finish the live report. So, I mean, uh, if, if I suddenly tail off in my live report, it's probably because the game was close again and I was trying to prepare for a celebration or tears or whatever. You, you may have
3: tell you what i'll give you some help this time well yeah. All right, will line somebody else hey, you know let's, that's let's that's
4: not exactly why i said
3: hashtag that. help Colin. <laughs> yeah now All now right? we're just
4: gonna get a bunch of monticello and gcms fans <laughs> we're gonna get on our website and start start writing stuff well uh, let's uh let's get one more monticello interview in tonight before we uh, head along to uh, gibson city head along to ford county uh, we are joined now by uh, Mo- 2016 Monticello graduate Caleb Hansen. Caleb, thanks so much for being part of the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, how closely have you been following this Monticello program two two years removed from your uh, senior season?
6: Uh, I try to keep uh, keep in touch with everyone. I, I text Coach Walter every now and then. I try to, you know, maintain contact, communication as much as I can. Whenever I come home, I, I try to. Make all the games that I can
4: well uh is this uh what what is going on here first state finals appearance in team history is this something you could have imagined going into this year?
6: Oh, I definitely believe the this group of guys could could do it if anyone could
4: well uh the the reason you are a, a good source of information of course uh, not just a two thousand sixteen graduate but a quarterback on the previous semifinal team at Monticello, also our player of the year that year. Uh, just, uh, the guys that you know from that team, I mean, uh, have you really been able to talk to them at all about, about this, uh, this season, this experience? Oh, uh,
6: I, I, would try to, I'll t- I try to contact as many people as I can, you know, I try to tell them good luck before games and, you know, I try to, you know, again, maintain that communication, text the coaches every now and then, you know, keep me updated Good luck, you know all that kind of good stuff. Yeah.
4: Well, uh, what do you think those guys who were on that 2016 roster and who are still playing now uh, took away from that semifinal appearance in 2016 that might have helped them in 2018?
6: Uh, I think, you know, experiencing that loss, it kind of put put the, put that uh, that feeling, you know, of disappointment. You know, we were there that whole time. We were that close to doing something, you know, really, really special, really historic. And I think that that kind of, you know, slingshot them into this season. You know, they, they feel that that sense of, you know, being let down, and they, you know, want to do it right this time, make sure they got the win.
4: Yeah. Talking with uh, Caleb Hansen, 2016 Monticello grad and former quarterback for the Sages. Uh, you know what the 2016 team was like. You, you're you relatively aware of what the 2018 team is like as well. How do the two compare in your mind?
6: I think they're, they're pretty simple. We have a a close-knit group of guys, and I think that's the, the same thing this year. Uh, the coaches, the coaching staff, you really, you know, um, is really close with you, and, you know, they really care about you. And I think that has a trickle-down effect to the players. Everyone cares about each other on that team, and I feel like that's carried over to this team.
4: Well, uh, comparing those two teams, uh, now we move on to comparing the two quarterbacks. How do you compare to what Braden Snyder is doing in twenty uh, eighteen? Uh, I think we've both.
6: I think we've both, uh, you know, did did really well. I feel like we're we're guys that uh, you know analyze everything we can. We ask all the questions that we we can to make sure that we go out there and do the best that we can.
4: Well, uh, Talking with uh, Cully Welter right before we uh, got you on the air, Caleb, uh, I asked him what this uh, what this appearance at state means to the Monticello program and the community. Uh, from your perspective, as a former player, as an alumni, as a community member, now, what does it mean to you and the community?
6: I feel like uh, you know it means a lot to the community, knowing that uh, you know we we really did something special this year, and I feel like it, you know. It, it means a lot to any any alumni, any person that's played football uh, at Monticello, anyone that you know been around it. I feel like this is a really special moment for everyone and everyone in the community.
4: So uh, the big question here, will you be attending the game on Friday?
6: I plan on it. <laughs> I plan on being there.
4: Well uh, then the follow-up question to that, uh, should the Sages pull out the victory, where is the party going to be?
6: <laughs> I have no idea. I
4: have no idea. <laughs> uh maybe 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 not letting on all the way. That's totally fine. <laughs> C- uh, Caleb Hanson, thanks so much again for joining us and uh and yep. go out there and enjoy the game. All right. Thanks for having me. Of course.
3: Quite a player, Caleb Hansen was.
4: Yeah. He was our yeah, player of the year in twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, back in the day he's <laughs> he's a grizzled veteran at this point, that's which is uh, pretty pretty amazing to think about.
3: Good for him. Great to see the alums coming back uh, following the Mm Sages. Plenty of uh, folks coming in for the Gibson City game as well, the defending state champs. That's right,
4: and we're going to devote the second half of our final prep football confidential episode to the Falcons.
3: All right, we'll uh, take another break. We'll be back in a jiffy. Hey, you can follow along on Facebook Live. That's right. Search for News Gazette. You get to see Colin's mug. There's not, you know, there's pressure on Gibson City. There's pressure on Monticello. There's pressure on Colin Likas, who (laughs) going into the final prediction week, you know, we run it every Thursday in print. Colin, you're not in first place. I'm not. Explain uh, the, yourself. The
4: duo of Scott Ritchie and Joe Vizzelli, two-game lead over uh, myself and Mike Colgan, Troy Gentles in, the, in between that's, us. So Scott Ritchie is a predictions virtuoso. I think that's unacceptable, Colin. I think Colin. he's leading the college predictions, too. Scott Ritchie's just an expert at predictions. Don't blame me. Blame no, I'm you.
3: blaming you because he co- covers college sports, Colin. Well, apparently
4: right. it doesn't matter because he's just, he's just so good at predictions. He could predict who's going to win a horse race this weekend and probably get them all right.
3: Is it time for Colin? To hit the panic button on no. your predictions?
4: No, because oh, I'm going to go eight and zero this week. There, there you go, bold Whoa. prediction. Bold prediction. You forced it out of me. That's what you get. <laughs> there's <laughs> no way. Yeah, there's I no wish way. you luck, Colin. Thank you. I, I appreciate you're, that you're welcome, because the winner gets nothing but pride. So <laughs> yes. yeah, there's no, there's literally no prize. So
3: the loser gets plenty of grief. Oh, that's true. Mind you, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. All right. Accurate. Well, oh, I was going to save it to the end, but you've hinted that you might pick Gibson City. I've hinted that I might, and you've hinted that you might pick Montezuma.
4: I've hinted that I might, but let's wait until the end of the show to get my predictions out. All right, carry Let, on. Let's carry on. Let's uh, let's transition to our GCMS Moroa Forsyth part two. Uh, they met in the state finals last year. They're going to meet in the state finals again. Uh, let's kick off our GCMS conversation by uh, going with the opposing coach. Uh, got a few questions in with Moreau Forsyth coach Josh Jostis uh, earlier today. Uh, he talked about the ability of his team to go off for big plays. Uh, majority of their touchdowns in last year's state final game came on plays that were 20 yards or more, which is something Gibson City doesn't give up a lot of. But that's how the Trojans got their points last year. So Josh talked to me about that. He also discussed with me how they are going to approach stopping GCMS's offense.
7: I think our offense has the same capability. Uh, against the city defense is going to have a lot to say about that. I think they're really tough to drive the ball against. Their front is uh, incredible. I thought they were really good last year, and they're all back and bigger and stronger. I'm looking at some of these kids they have. You know, last year they're six foot one eighty, and this year they're six two 220. It's like how does that happen? So uh, we need whatever's in their water. But uh, yeah, they're incredible up front. We will have to hit some big plays to, to be because we're not going to line up and be able to drive the ball consistently five yards of crack up and down the field and uh, come away with a win. Mitch was a, a load, obviously, but uh, we could not sell out totally because of all the other weapons that Gibson City had, uh, Jared being one of those. And so now that he's the feature back, they have plenty of kids. I know the kid's just a freshman but looks pretty electric when he has the ball. Uh, you know, their other runner and then their quarterback, I thought, played really well against us last year. He's a physical kid. He's doing a great job for them again this year. And then they have some wideouts that, uh, you know, that are huge. Six, three, four, five. They look huge anyway. So, uh, um, out there on the edge that can run, jump, and catch. So. They have plenty of weapons, so uh, unfortunately, not any one guy you can focus on at Gibson City.
4: That was Moreau, Forsyth coach, Josh Justice. Uh, yeah, absolutely uh, correct about the, the size that Gibson City displays all over the field. But the thing he didn't mention was his own team has some kids who maybe not exactly as big as GCMS, but in watching the game last year, the state final game between them, those two teams just spent the entire game just hitting each other extremely hard.
3: That's a 1 p.m. start uh, Friday. Great to see the Falcons back in the state finals. Absolutely.
4: They're very deserving. Uh, they they have not lost in a while. Uh, have to. I don't know if it's the longest winning streak uh, in the in the state. Uh, I think Icy Catholic might have a hold on that. It doesn't feel like they've lost since uh, the dawn of time at this point. But GCMS has to be right up there.
3: Hey, we'll have uh, Q&As with both uh, local coaches. Tons of other coverage every day in the News Gazette leading up to friday's games and you got to pick up saturday's paper mm-hmm. especially when these two locals win yep and we devote huge pictures of them trotting around with a trophy
4: yeah we may have to you know do something like when the uh, the cubs won the world series sure. people can buy copies of the front page immortalize them on their walls things like that
3: we will have extra papers uh at uh, uh, newsstands in uh, ford county and in Pike county as well on saturday morning i've been told so very good no pressure guys no pressure
4: at all let's make sure we get the front page uh, looking looking full of winners and uh, let's let's move along with our uh, segment on GCMS. Uh, I'm joined now by athlete Ryland Holt. He's a, uh, he's a wide receiver for the Falcons. Ryland, thanks so much for being part of the show this week.
8: Thank you, Colin. Thanks nice for having me.
4: Of course. Well, uh, does this feel at all like last year's team at this point in the season? I mean, does this moment right now feel like how you guys did roughly a year ago this time?
8: Oh, yeah. It's, it's still an amazing feeling just being able to get here and yeah, but it being in, uh, in Champaign, it's, it's a dream come true for all of us. Going up just 30 minutes away, is really it's really cool being able to play on a field that we've been looking down on for for so long.
4: Yeah, t- so tell me, how different is that for you guys? You, you know, Husky Stadium, great venue, uh, had to be amazing to be there, but Memorial Stadium, that's an entirely different experience for you guys.
8: Yeah, no state championship at Northern Illinois. It was amazing, but it being in Illinois for for both teams really is going to be uh, a really cool experience, just 'cause we're we're both so close.
4: Well, uh, you guys had to grind through your last two games to get back to this point. Uh, most recently, the semifinal win over Eastland-Pearl City. I mean, uh, prior to those two games, you know, there were a lot of blowouts you guys were engaged in coming out on the winning end each time. So what did it mean to kind of prove that, that you belong on this stage by beating two good teams in two really competitive games?
8: Yeah, I, I think it just shows how competitive we are when when it, when it got tougher. We really uh, ducked down and showed that, that we can play play like that, and uh, we kind of left left no doubt that that we we can play uh, all four quarters.
4: Well, uh, Ryland, you uh, you had the what turned into the game winning touchdown catch with less than five minutes to play in that semifinal game. Uh, take me through that play. Uh, did it work out exactly the way you guys had planned?
8: <laughs> no, I think we we're, were supposed to send a guy in motion, and Nathan was trying to get him to go and. And Keegan snapped the ball, and it went between uh, Nathan Nathan's legs. And I just remember running my route, and then all of a sudden, the ball comes flying at me, and Nathan just threw it up, and it was a, a perfect throw. And it seemed like the ball was in the air forever, and just happened to land in my hands.
4: Yeah, how how do you approach a moment like that? Is there even any thinking that goes into it at that point, or you just you know throw up your hands and instinctually <laughs> grab it?
8: Oh no! No, looking back, I probably wasn't thinking anything. I just remember it ter- turning around, and seeing everybody going crazy. It was a really cool experience. But
4: talking to uh, Rylan Holt, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, football uh no secret you guys run the ball quite a bit you got uh you had uh mitch mcnutt last year you got jared trantina and a couple other guys this year but uh it's not like you're not involved with the offense i mean it's not like that touchdown pass mm-hmm. was the only pass you've caught this year i mean how how nice is it even though you guys run the ball so much to to have your number called as often as it is
8: no it's it's a really cool experience uh nathan having nathan as the quarterback and jared as a as a running back, it really uh, just winds what we can do as offense, and just being able, being able to be a part of that is really really cool.
4: Well, the defense continues to shine as well. I think uh, I think you guys have allowed somewhere around 60 points this year, maybe a few less. Uh, uh, did you imagine that this group could actually be even better than the one from last year?
8: Oh yeah, the, the how much uh, time Coach Augsburger spends on the defense. It's I, I really it's not that surprising. It, it's really cool to to be able to be better than last year, but with the amount of time that Coach Augyber puts in, it's it's really not that that surprising as it should be.
4: Well, uh, heading into a rematch with Maroa Forsyth, uh, that familiarity—what uh, does that do for for you guys on the field? I mean, does it provide any sort of advantage, or is it really just cancel out because you know both teams are familiar with each other?
8: Uh, no, I think I think both teams are going to be fired up to play each other again, especially after a state championship rematch. Um, I think it's really going to be advanced for both teams. Whoever can get the momentum is really going to carry them for the for the rest of the game.
4: Well, uh, I remember uh, after last year's game, uh, which you guys obviously won, that you and several other players the very next day uh, you didn't go take a break, you didn't go celebrate, you went and played basketball. Uh, are you going to do that this year, regardless of the outcome?
8: Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I'm going to base my decision based on the other guys. If they're all beat up, I don't want to be the only one playing without them you know they're they're my brother so it's really going to be a, a team decision for all of us
4: very cool rylan holt gibson city melvin sibley football Ryland, thanks again for joining us and uh, good luck again this weekend
8: thank
3: you that basketball season again starting tonight for the boys and uh, teams like Monticello and Gibson City have <laughs> yep. some juggling to do.
4: Yeah, I uh, actually got an email uh, forwarded to me from uh, Monticello f- uh, basketball coach Kevin Kevin Roy earlier mm. today, uh, saying, "Here's our revised roster. We don't uh, we don't really have a full roster yet because uh, probably half of our, half to three fourths of our kids are playing football and Gibson City's pretty much in the same boat." But uh, yeah, I just remember last year uh, Gibson City hosts an annual tournament and uh they uh they their kids you know they won the state championship game and a lot of them uh played basketball and the next day they weren't they weren't putting their feet up and licking their wounds which they absolutely could have they went out and played basketball and i think they they won two games of memory serves love it yeah it's pretty pretty incredible honestly that's that's small school mentality for you though it just doesn't surprise me but uh, let's keep the uh, GCMS train rolling here. Uh, we are now joined by head coach Mike Allen. Mike, thanks so much for being part of the show this week.
9: Thanks for having me, Colin. Appreciate it.
4: This is the uh, I, I had Collie Welter three times today. I only had you for two interviews today, so so not quite as much <laughs> talking for for you and I today.
9: <laughs> it was a busy day. I tell you what, the I has it all planned out. What to do and. It, it, it could be overwhelming.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to save this question for last, but since you brought that up, uh, you are not only the head football coach, you're the athletic director at Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. Uh, what's it like balancing those duties this time of year?
9: Uh, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I have an incredible uh, boss, Chris Stroud, uh, principal, and he's taken a lot of the things that normally an AD would do preparing for this and, and, and taking care of those things for me. So it allows me just to focus on. My my job, but you know, also the to spend time coaching and watching film and making sure we're prepared. So I I what what he does and then Susan Riley, one of our teachers, always gets transportation ready for us, set for us. Our booster club, there, there's so many people that help out. Lisa Farmer and Aaron Keene in the office. Everyone just pulls an extra duty and, and helps out a lot. And uh, couldn't do it without everybody helping. Certainly, it, it really is overwhelming. It, it's there's a lot of stuff to do. Last year was. It was crazy because we never been through that, and it was a we had to have a couple extensions on our deadlines.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So I, I remember, you know, getting in touch with you a few days, and I, I felt, you know, man, I feel like I'm just calling him too much. He's just got to have so many people in his ear, but uh, you know, haven't gone through it. One, last year, good I'm good sure helps. Yeah, good, yeah, pro- good it, problem. Good problem to it have. Sure does. Yeah. Yes right well uh getting back to to your program uh to your boys specifically you guys haven't lost a game since november 5th 2016 that's more than two years ago i mean can you even fathom what that means in the in the scope of what this program has done
9: uh, you, you have, haven't really taken the time to think about it too much um you know you want to keep things going the way they're going you don't want to think about it and and, and get caught up in that uh, it's great it, it's the kids have worked their butts off and deserve what, you know, pains has gotten. But you don't want to take the time yet. And uh, there will come a time where, you you know, we'll be able to sit back and reflect. But right now um, everything's focused, you know, on this season and, and, and this game that's coming Friday.
4: Well, uh, I talked with Josh Justice earlier today. And uh, he was mentioning how you know you guys you guys have these these big kids. You got kids like Rylan Holt. You got kids like Bryce Barnes. And both of those guys uh, are pass catchers. Bryce had the game winning touchdown pass in the in the state championship game last year. I mean, at this point in the year, having kids like that with with a smaller school program, how how big of an advantage is that for you guys?
9: Uh, we, we proved you know last Saturday how big it was. Uh, you know Nathan and I heard you know you talked to Rylan about the play the touchdown that he caught. You know, it went between Nathan's legs, and Nathan knew where Ryland was going to be, and he just threw it up. He knew he had a 6'4 receiver out there with an arm span of 7'2 that he was going to be able to throw it up and let him go get it. And that's definitely an advantage um, to have those guys be able to flex them both out, and then, you know, have other guys that can catch the ball going up the seamounts.
4: Talking with, sorry, Mike, cut you off there. Sorry about that. Uh, But we're talking with uh, Mike Allen of Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, football coach. Uh, it's moreau forsyth again you uh you got the same championship matchup you had last year i mean does it surprise you at all that, that it's come down to this again uh,
9: no it, it really isn't uh you know they're they're the you know the program that everybody you know strives to be like you know you're in you're out they're here you know they're playing for this so um it, if you're gonna play for a championship you wanted it to be against the best in the state and, and they're they're there um great matchup great, great rematch i know they won the or, or, you know, a matchup like this, and, and we definitely won it also.
4: Well, uh, the, from what you've seen so far from row Forsyth on film, uh, does this uh, does this opponent appear any different from the one you saw at this time last year?
9: Um, You know, yes and no. Uh, Benner is just a, a year more experienced in the way he throws the ball. I mean, his mechanics are just uh, phenomenal.
7: Um,
9: and, but, you know, their, their running game, is still strong. They they have they they go to a couple more backs. You know, last year they were pretty uh, out of stout uh, tell back. Um, this year they have you know I think more guys that that, that they run the ball with or run plays with. Uh, you know, we talked about their you know their offense. There's so many formations and sets that you can't go through them all or you'll overwhelm yourself. Um, and and that's a compliment to their their kids that they can pick all that up so quick. Um, but you know it, it's. Uh, a lot the same, but, you know, coach has different wrinkles all the time, but they they throw so many different things at you on both sides of the ball that, I, you know, it's hard to prepare for. And we ran into that problem last year. There's so many sets. We didn't want to overwhelm our kids. So there's a few things that they threw out there we weren't prepared for. And, 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 and then it'll happen again this year on both sides. Uh, we'll throw some things at them. They'll throw some things at us. But it's hard to scout a team that does so many things. Well, uh, and, and, and does them well.
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on with you, Mike, and you went through this last year, so it's not as much of a, you know, a, a surprise this year. But I mean, practicing on Thanksgiving—it's a—it's a unique thing. Only 16 teams get to do it. I mean, how is that something you you guys really uh, prepare for? And is there anything kind of special that you'll do to, to I guess commemorate the holiday with the team?
9: Um, you know, for 16 years we've stayed at the Prince wing every year. You know, at Get up there and talk about it. Our goal was to have Thanksgiving, you know, dinner together as a family, and we always preach family and the team. And, and you know, for 16 years we preached it. And last year we, we talked about it at the parents' meeting. And and for that to come true, you know, last year was this. That was, you know, one of the ultimate dreams as a coach on my bucket list is to have Thanksgiving, you know, dinner with all the football players and their families because that meant you were playing, you know, the next day. And to be able to do that last year was was awesome. We're doing the same thing this year. Um, we're going to practice at one o'clock, just like at game, you know, game time, um, and, and then have dinner as a, a whole football family at five thirty. So that that's something very special that you know, hopefully you know we enjoy this year and get our opportunities in the future too, it because it, it is a, a special night to be able to do, do that together.
4: And uh, well, the kids also uh, get to burn off the calories really quickly the next day too.
9: Yes, absolutely. You know, we, you know, at night we're not going to have turkey and all that. It's going to be more pasta, and non-traditional Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you know, they could eat that on Sunday or Saturday. So, you know, we're going to stay away from the turkey.
4: <laughs> That's totally fair. I, I think I can understand why you're doing that. Uh, Mike Allen, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley football coach. Great to have you on, as always, Mike. And uh, good luck this weekend.
9: Thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. So,
4: so thank you so much, Mike. Same to you.
3: Pasta on Thanksgiving.
4: Pasta on Thanksgiving. I like it. Right. Uh, it. You know, like minestrone or something like that. That's. Uh, you
3: don't want to get drowsy.
4: No, well, right? no. No. I love it. Although it probably doesn't hurt to fall asleep early when you're going to be playing for a state championship. Uh, day, so. uh,
3: that's great to know. Tell you what, uh, we have a little more Gibson City coverage coming, and then we'll get Colin's final thoughts on the final show after this break. <laughs> Now back to the Loman Ray
2: High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS.
4: Back on Prep Football Confidential. Colin Lyke is joined by Jim Rosso.
3: And am so, uh, back to the tents. We'll get pictures of them tomorrow. Excellent. All right. And then we have the All-State football team that oh, Bob Osmussen yeah. puts together in, th- in Thursdays. Bob and I Paper. have been
4: uh, working on some local con- or local uh, additions mm-hmm. to that list. Can't
3: miss that. Mm-hmm. Done yeah. that forever.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the ones people look out for. I actually saw on Twitter somebody commenting on the different all-state lists released throughout the area, and they uh, they touted one of ours as one of the top ones they look out for, which was nice to see.
3: Good stuff. Uh, lots of local kids going to be on that uh, team somewhere.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, let's cap off our Gibson City coverage for this week's show. We are joined now by 2017 Player of the Year and state champion Mitch McNutt. Mitch, thanks so much for being part of the show this week.
0: You yep, no problem. Yep.
4: Well, the, you uh, you get to see your former teammates, a lot of your former teammates anyway, go on to play for the state title again. I mean, what what is that? What is that like for you as a, as an alumni now?
0: Um, you know, it's like really good. They've been talking about it, you know, uh, ever since we won last year and now that i can actually sit back and enjoy it and you know go watch them play for a state championship it's pretty awesome
4: well uh jared trantina kind of following in your footsteps this year uh, you were running the ball like crazy especially in the state title game last year uh what have you seen from jared uh, that that's allowed him to follow in your footsteps like this
0: um you know he's always been a grinder he's a downhill runner runs hard um You know, I consider him more of like a power back. And, you know, in the playoffs, that's what you need. And, uh, you know, he's doing great. He's putting up great stats. And obviously, you know, an all-state running back.
4: Do you two uh, have conversations still at any point about just things going on during the season?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. We're pretty good friends. Yeah, we're always, you know, making fun of each other. You know, he's going (laughs) to have more yards, more touchdowns, stuff like that. Just joking around. But, um, you know, he's doing a really great job.
4: Well, uh, who are some guys uh, besides Jared, of course, that we should be looking out for on uh, Friday afternoon? Because, I mean, you, you know this group better than almost anybody.
0: Um, You know, honestly, I'd probably be Nate, you know, again. Um, he played great in the state game last year. um, Ryland, um Bryce Barnes, um, you know, all those guys again. I would watch them because, obviously, they're going to be keen on Jared. Um, and then Nate, Bryce, and Rylan should have a pretty good game
4: joined by uh, Mitch McNutt, our 2017 Player of the Year, and a member of that Gibson City-Melvin-Sibley Championship team last year. Uh, a lot of guys returning from that team, so they know what this stage is like. But that's, of course, it's not everybody. So if you could give one piece of advice to those guys who are new to this stage, what would it be?
0: Uh, just stay calm, you know, treat it like a, like a normal game. Um, but i I'm pretty sure that, you know, the senior class this year is going to have them calm down. You know, they've been, they've been there before. Um, there's a lot of experience on that team this year, which is great that we didn't have last year, obviously. So, um, you know, just stay calm.
4: Well, uh, you were playing in this game last year, this time last year. Now you're going to be uh, watching it. Uh, do you think you're going to be more nervous now than you were last year?
0: Uh, You know, honestly, I don't know. I'll have will have to see Friday, I guess, but yeah, I, I think so. It's going to be more nerve-wracking just because, you know, I'm not out there, like, playing and stuff. But, you know, I have full confidence in this group, and I think they'll get it done.
4: Very good. Mitch McNutt, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley Football, uh, graduate of uh, earlier this year, actually. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for being part of the show.
3: Yep, anytime. Good to hear from our former players of the year, too. Gale.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Our uh, last two players of the year, uh, both – well, one was a quarterback – the mm-hmm. other was a running back. Uh, both were stars in their own rights, and uh, both their teams are now at state.
3: All right, stop the stalling, Colin. Who wins?
4: <laughs> all right you you want me to pick? Uh, you want me to start with one A, and then go around two and three. gotta go and quick. <laughs> let's just go with the locals. Oh, uh, that's all right. All right, I'm picking both the locals this week. I'm taking Gibson City, Melvin Sibley in a repeat, and I'm taking Monticello for its first ever state championship. Back to back games, back to back celebrations.
3: Can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Join Colin over there at the stadium. If you see Colin, chest bump him, high five him.
4: If he chest bumped me, I might fall over. But it's you know, He's it's something. more be- more because of me.
3: Thank him for all this great coverage. Colin's been a great season. I enjoyed uh, sharing this time in the booth with you. Absolutely. Same, right.
4: same here. Looking forward to basketball season.
3: See you soon.
1: That's gonna do it for our final edition of the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. Stay tuned for a start date for the Basketball Confidential. That should be coming to you guys soon here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. No Coach Lovey Smith show tonight, but stay tuned. Illinois basketball coverage starts at 9.